Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Jeffskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. The letter M. Billy Joel, he wrote so many songs. Some fast, some slow, and some go on too long. All the hits and hidden gems, even the turds, it ends at Z, not A. With your friends, Elon and Dave. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Billy Joel A to Z, the wrap-up show. And this episode, we wrap up the 13th letter M. Oh, M? You mean as in Miami 2017? You mean as M as in moving out? You mean M as in my life? What are you saying? That the letter M has some of the greatest Billy Joel songs ever written? I think it's true. And that is what we will be covering today as we wrap up that and other songs and an interview all on Billy Joel A to C, the M's wrap up, the 13th episode of the wrap ups. (laughs) As I introduce my co-host all this week, as Mike Douglas used to say, also with the letter M. Alan Altman. Hello, Alan. Hello, Dave. Thank you for controlling yourself and not using Modern Woman as one of the great examples of the M's. I was going to. It was very difficult to leave out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, ironically, you know, if you want to just get to it, if you want to get to the rankings, I'm looking at my rankings now, and uh, I think think you'll be pleased. (laughs) Why would I be pleased about that? Well, I think I did the right thing. So I'm saying Modern Woman's not first. It should be at the bottom half if you're a rational thinker. Exactly. So why don't we just get into it? I'm just going to give you my rankings. Okay. Okay. All right. Right. So, all right. Yes. I love Modern Woman. Yes. But like you said, as a rational thinker, moving out's first. It wasn't easy. I went moving out. And then I went my life. And then I went Miami 2017. Now, I assume... Your top three are that, but maybe in a different order. And it was tough because Miami 2017 is amazing. But ah, moving out, as you even said, could be even your number one song. That one still works on every level. And I got to say, just the way I feel about it, the way when I feel when I hear it, moving out number one for sure. And I could go either way with my life or Miami 2017, but just my life just, you know. It's just the shit. And then it goes for me. And I was tough with this money or love. (laughs) Love it. And then I put modern woman and it wasn't easy. Because I really like modern woman, as you know, but money or love. I love it. That's my new favorite. And then, of course, my journeys end where it belongs at the end, which I'm positive. Yours must be there, too. Although I guess in your case. You hate modern woman, as does everybody else. Maybe it's after my journey's end. I hope that's not the case. What are yours? <laughs> I don't hate it. It's in the middle somewhere. Uh, it was really tough for me. The top two were hard. Miami 2017 moving out. I kind of have them neck and neck right now. It's sort of a 1A, 1B situation. My life definitely third behind those two. So I kind of am completely different from you in the top three, just in the order. Because I think right now well, I have Miami I 2017 slightly ahead of moving out. Well, that's what I said, though. Your top three would have to be the, t- the top three. It's just in a different order. Yeah. Yeah. So then, no then I go, that was going to be any different. Yeah. What I can't believe is I have Modern Woman higher than you do. <laughs> oh, 
I guess I'm life. the one who loves Modern Woman. You lied. That's so funny. And then I have Money or Love and My Journey's End. Yeah, you well, you didn't like Money or Love as much as I did. I really like it. That's my new favorite song. And that's so funny that I have Modern Woman lower. But so so wait, you said Miami 2017 first, then moving out, even though it's 1A, 1B. Yeah. It's just odd that you would say that because in the moving out episode, you specifically said that moving out could be your number one of all time. Yeah, but so could Miami 2017. So I was just uh, that's why this was a tough one for me. It's more like how I'm feeling today while we record. I keep thinking how I'm going to list everything, you know, you know, and I know we keep talking about, it, you know, how am I going to list? What am I taking into consideration? The importance or my liking of the song? It's going to be really tough. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing with me. I think Miami 2017 maybe has a higher importance ranking than moving out, but maybe not. I mean, as yeah, a song, right. yes, but as importance for Billy Joel's career, moving out's probably bigger. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But yeah, for me, moving out, definitely number one in the M's. Speaking of Miami 2017, in that episode, I think I said something wrong because you were saying that you liked the live version from Songs in the Attic because it didn't have the saxophones. And then I said, it does have saxophones. And I think I was completely wrong. I think there's no sax at all in it. Oh, um, maybe. I don't remember, but I, I found that when I've said something and then I listen back, I'm like, oh, my God, I was completely wrong on that. But that's why we have the M's wrap up to make up those statements. So that's why I but, needed to clear the record. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I was when I was listening to the Miami 2017 thing in my car, you know, I listened to the, our show again, just to make sure everything is like I so I can write down stuff for this show. Uh, I had to stop it and just listen to Miami 2017, the live version, which will now be the only one I listen to. And boy, is it something else. It really delivers that live songs in the attic version. It's different and fantastic. And Liberty DeVito, as much as we've been mocking him in the M's, boy, he's terrific. <laughs> too little, too late. <laughs> Maybe. Also, speaking of which, uh, film Ramon uh, with Modern Woman, I, I had to go back and watch that film Ramon video again. After I put the episode together, I, I, I just I, I couldn't get enough of that video of him dancing, whatever yeah. he's doing, playing the air guitar. And, and I put it into our Instagram story so everyone can see what we were talking about. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Because, yeah, it's you can't take your eyes off. it. It's one of those things. It's mesmerizing. And mesmerizing. I even tried to make it into like a meme on Twitter, like the, just like a still shot of him, like being so happy while air guitaring. Yeah, um, it was kind of I made it into a thing like when you get the word on the first try and like you're just so self-satisfied. It didn't yeah, did not was, take off. No one oh, cared about this meme, well, but I almost made Phil Ramone into a viral sensation because they didn't know who it was. Probably they didn't understand. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I did, I said, when Bob Seger comes on the radio, because it also looks like a guy who's listening to Bob Seger. You think so? Yeah, he just looks like a guy in a bar. And then all of a sudden, uh, old time rock and roll comes on and he's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Like you said, mesmerizing. Um, Speaking of also things we messed up. On Money or Love, I messed up. I said Hall and Oates backed up Led Zeppelin. They backed up Mick Jagger. Still, quality, the Hall and Oates band. It was Mick Jagger. I mean, still an amazing feat for Hall and Oates. Yeah. To back up Mick Jagger. Uh, I just, for some reason, I thought it was Led Zeppelin, but I remember the MTV VJs going like, oh my God. And then Mick Jagger backed up by the Hall and Oates band. I mean, that's how big their band was. And speaking of which, in Mistake Wise, uh, again, we're not Mistake Wise, but when the Steve Mandel interview 
when he was saying that squeeze blew Hall and Oates out of the water. I now remember when I saw Hall and Oates who opened for them and blew them out of the water. It was tears for fears. Oh, and yeah. And that was only a couple of years ago and they were so much better. We were all sitting there like, wait, why didn't Hall and Oates open for tears for fears? The answer is obvious, but boy, tears for fears was sensational. And I guess, uh, I guess that's how bad Hall and Oates are. Like, they're just not that great in concert anymore. They were and, good when I saw them. Well, how long ago? Five years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I saw about five years. I don't know. It just said, uh, I guess the opening bands are just better. Squeeze and Tears for Fears are just better, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to remember who opened for them when I saw them, but I can't. Uh, also, I was curious about it, too. Uh, when we were talking about Julian Lennon, uh, that we were talking about is was on a second album uh, called the Z. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I remember writing it down. It was the secret value of daydreaming. And that's the one that the Michael J. Fox video was on that I was referring to. That was called stick around. And okay. here's, here's the best part. You got to see this video folks stick around Julian Lennon, right? This is just so eighties and funny, but the best part is, Remember how we were ripping Joe Piscopo a new ass for the keeping the faith video? Yeah. Because he's he's so cool. He's doing the wink and he gets the line and Richard Pryor's there and they give him nothing to do. Well, in this Julian Lennon video, stick around. Joe Piscopo is also in it playing the cool guy again and stealing Julian Lennon's girlfriend. I mean, I don't know where all these people in this one year of 1985-86 thought that Joe Piscopo was the coolest of the cool. But apparently now there are two music videos for the rest of time that are somehow Billy Joel connected that have Joe Piscopo being the man. And now it just looks sad and pathetic. I think maybe he just hangs around on music video sets and is like, look, if you guys need someone, uh, I'm here. Well, that's goddamn genius. But uh, the thing is, is that the reason that Phil Ramone produced this Julian Lennon album was because Lennon asked Phil Ramone to work on it after he heard the Nylon Curtain. Oh, yeah. So you see, because of Billy's obsession with the Beatles, Julian Lennon got Phil Ramone. Exactly. Just like uh, Laura, which is so Beatles-esque. Maybe that's what did it. That song, ironic. Sure, that, that that song and Scandinavian Skies, a few other ones also. A lot of very Beatles obvious. You're right on that particular album. So he asked uh, Phil Ramone to produce that. The other, uh, the this Julian Lennon stick around video, which again, you know, I saw after we were talking about it, I remember it. So I looked it up because I remember Michael J. Fox being in it and being so excited that Michael J. Fox was in a video because Michael J. Fox could do no wrong during that time. It's family ties back to the future. Michael J. Fox, you know, that's when he was the shit. Yeah. Not Joe Piscopo. Folks, if you are watching, if you are Catalina from Chile and you are watching, Joe Piscopo was never the shit. So don't ever think for a second, even though he's in these two music videos. But at the end of the music video, he makes out with uh, Julian Lennon, makes out with Jamie Gertz. <laughs> Who is, is that, now the owner of the Atlanta Hawks? That the whole thing is hilarious. It's a is a lady. What? It's a, it's a lady owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, her and her husband, Jamie Gertz. Oh, okay. She's a, Do you know her from Seinfeld? No. Whose girlfriend was she? She is the one that does the dirty talk on the phone, and then the with the toilet paper, you could share a square. That's yeah. Jamie Gertz. Oh, awesome, cool. But Jamie Gertz was also a big brat packer, you know, back in the eighties. 
stick around. I'm going to check it out right after this. Yeah. Let's talk about the other M songs that we didn't do episodes on. Ones that uh, he right that he does, but he didn't write them or or maybe he did. But right. That because they weren't songs we needed to talk about. Right. Because when we talk about songs, it's got to be real significant. Like my journey's end. Like <laughs> well, the real big, important songs. Obviously, there's the motorcycle song, which we both know. But yeah. he wrote that song, but it's not completed. And there was no reason to do an actual episode about it. It's, just, it's too bad because, you know, I love the motorcycle song. It still works. And if it was full and it had the words, it, it would be one of my favorite songs. It's better than all about soul. Right. Any song that mentions Jericho multiple times is a good song. <laughs> right. Everyone can agree on that. The Jericho Road. I've already been every place I'm going. Jericho Road. Don't have any need to prove nothing to no one. Go where you want. Still might be riding for all that I know. But in my time, drawing the line on the Jericho So the other song that Billy Joel covered in the M's is Maybe I'm Amazed, which we all know, of course, from Paul McCartney and Wings. And Billy Joel did it for uh, that Paul McCartney tribute album a few years ago. What do you think of this version? Well, we just in the L's, we were talking about the other song he covered off that album, The Art of McCartney, which was Live and Let Die, another, you know, Paul McCartney song. And uh, we said that that was a piss poor version. And this is even worse. This yeah. is, I can't even believe that he had the audacity to have two songs on this album and they're both awful. Yeah. Awful. His, his voice just sounds oh my God. terrible. What happened? Yeah. Awful. I mean, just awful. He, he it's sounds unacceptable. Constip- he sounds constipated the whole time. Yeah. It's just a weird <laughs> growl. Know? Yeah. No, what his voice is, is years of smoking cigarettes. That's what that is. And yet when he's in concert, I don't hear it that way. So I don't know what the hell happened during this recording. But yeah, it's boy. Talk about an untribute to Paul McCartney. It's, uh, you know, you take one of your heroes, you're asked to do two songs. Nobody else was doing two songs and they're both subpar. Not only that, but the music video for this song, which I guess is an official music video, it looks like a Windows 95 screensaver. Yeah. It's just like weird 3D graphics that look terrible. That's all yeah, it is. There's yeah. no effort at all. All bad. No effort whatsoever. You're right. I, that's why I guess I never heard of the album before. It's it's bad. It's as if, I, I, you know, maybe I need to hear some of the other songs in the album. Really seemed like just nobody was putting any effort towards it and they just didn't want to do it which it doesn't make any sense. It's Sir Paul McCartney. It feels like it would be an honor. Like I said, if they asked Sammy Hagar to do Live and Let Die, I think he would have been completely honored and not just walked in and be like, yeah, let's put something together. Yeah. One take Billy Joel. Yeah, not good. Um, There is a third song. I don't know whether you've seen it. 
called Mr. Cellophane. No, I haven't. Okay. Here's the weird thing. Mr. Cellophane is a song that I completely know from the musical Chicago. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. I hate it. My nephew had to sing it in the play a couple of years ago that was closed down before COVID. Uh, it's, it's a crappy song that John C. Riley sings in the movie, and, um, but it's been around for years. For some reason, if you go online and uh, look up Billy Joel, Mr. Cellophane, he's credited for the lyrics. I don't know why. And it's everywhere. You can go just look online, Billy Joel, Mr. Cellophane, and he's credited. You can press play, and it says lyrics by Billy Joel. He did not write these lyrics. Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane, should have been my name, Mr. Cellophane, because you can look right through me, walk right by me, and never know I'm there. It is uh, something in Ebb, uh, you know, who used to write musicals. Yeah. Who wrote Chicago. I don't understand this, but for some reason on the Internet, my guess is if I had to guess why. For some reason, Billy Joel is credited with these lyrics. It has something to do with Joel Gray possibly singing a version of this song in Chicago. The great uh, Joel Gray won an Oscar for Cabaret. He's a musical theater guy. Uh, That's the only thing I can figure. I can't. I don't know why. I mean, look it up, Alon, and you will see and be like, wow, I see what he's saying. And this makes no sense. So it's like one person got it wrong on the internet and then every other site cited that site and it just became the truth. I thought maybe he did a cover version, but no, there is no information that that ever happened. And certainly he cannot be credited with the lyrics. Very strange. Maybe some lyrics copied Billy Joel, so they had to give him some credit on it. It's it's I'm, I don't think it's a new one. I, don't, I mean, it, this is the one with all that jazz. I mean, it's got to be. Chicago yeah. is from 1975. Oh, is it 75? All right. Well, yeah. So you think they copied lyrics from a very, very early unknown Billy Joel album, like Cold Spring Harbor Piano Man? They took lyrics from December song. (laughs) I'm looking at the lyrics now. It's all December song. (laughs) That would make my day. Uh, Yeah. No, there's no words here at all that sound anything like a Billy Joel song. So it's not that. Well, in a way, it's all about sad and loneliness so in a way i mean i just i know the song pretty well it it is about being a loner and (laughs) you could make a case for it but yeah i what the hell trust me he did not write mr cellophane actually you know who probably wrote it was liberty devito (laughs) and he's still angry about it no credit so angry also just one thing about uh steve mandel it's so funny Uh, we're so funny you know we do a billy joe podcast and then we end up not talking about billy joe we did it with scott ackerman and stuff but i mean who wasn't fascinated guy was writing music with elvis costello it is a musical podcast you have to have other interests you know we're doing you know 150 episodes of uh billy joe songs it's okay once in a while i think too and I, i thought it was really interesting working with i mean elvis costello is something else you know and i i just i liked it all 
Yeah, I mean, that was cool. But also that his whole, for the last 20 something years, he's been hand in hand with Questlove and The Roots, which is also really cool. And actually, Questlove just got nominated for an Oscar. I saw that. So <laughs> it's like really cool. This guy's like working with an Oscar nominee, possible winner. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, it's funny though, that uh, Ilan and I, or Ilan emailed him after and said, ooh, we forgot to ask you about meeting Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, he was like, oh, yeah. But uh, he was nice enough to come on, and it was a fun interview. And now whenever you listen to the Tonight, whenever you guys watch the Tonight Show, if you ever hear Billy Joel music, you know exactly who put it in there. That's right. Our friend that's Steve. Right. Exactly. And that's way cool. So, Dave, we received a lot of nice comments on these big, big, big M songs, as you can expect. So. Yeah. The first one was Miami 2017. Uh, let's see what happened there. We had Italian Stallion Al said he noticed they shift in popularity after 9-11 for this mm. song. And he also agreed with you that my parody being about Pee Wee's Big Adventure wasn't really significant enough for how big of a song this is. Too niche. Right. Uh, you know, it was a good parody, but we needed more from such a huge one. Right. B. Goldman says that Miami 2017 is Billy Joel's best concert opening song. I think we probably could agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that could sound good and Billy Joel mixes it up, but this is one of the best. I just think it's interesting that he opens sometimes with Miami 27, which is a great way to open. I agree 100 percent. Or he opens with Angry Young Man sometimes. Interesting how the Turnstiles album is a big opener for him. Yeah, a lot of those songs could do it. If Say Goodbye to Hollywood came on first, you'd be excited about that, too. Maybe you no, would. <laughs> I'd be like, all right. <laughs> but those two songs are great to open with. Great. Uh, M477 and Alderson Richard both love this song. Steve Hickman agrees that the live version is better, and he likes the cold outro versus a fade out. Mm. Time Out of Mind Pod. He said this song was played at A-Rod's last game at Yankee Stadium because there were rumors at the time that he might go to play in Miami. Ah, you know, I don't know whether we mentioned it during Miami 2017, but there is a local radio station here called WNEW. And in fact, we asked one of the DJs to come on the show, which hasn't responded yet. And when, you know, since all the radio stations are quietly going off the air one by one, this was a legendary rock station here in New York. And on its last day of rock and roll, because I think it might have either gone country or talk, they played Seeing the Lights Go Out on Broadway. Carol Miller, this, the DJ who we wanted to played this song as the final song. And she'd been on for years. And she's on 104.3 now. But, you know, that was the station, WNEW 102.7, and she played this that song. Great song to play. Perfect, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to say we're blowing up this station. Yeah. Sorry. She's a Modern Woman. A lot of people like this song, Dave. You were Damn right. M four seven seven etc. said that this chorus is a gem. Mm -hmm. Smurfy mm -hmm. Pyrex. <laughs> Smurfy Pyrex thought the song was about Christy Brinkley, as many of us did. Uh, of course, yes. And she thanked me for not singing about scones. Everybody thanks you for that. It's not just her. <laughs> I'm taking a break. Thank God. Dom, the piano man, says this is one of his favorites. It's upbeat and fun to play and sing All along. Right. To. I love Dom. And BU2 Believe says they love the song because of the horns, the drumming, the chorus, just everything about it. I didn't see any of these comments. Where was where was all these? I was like, thank you. 
No one wants you to happened. get a big head. So when it's positive comments about songs that you like, they just send them to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's great. Right. It is an acquired taste, but a lot of our listeners have acquired it. I don't think the same could be said for Money or Love. Uh, we didn't really get too many positive comments about that song. That you I love. get that, too. And I don't know why I was listening to it again the other day in the car. I couldn't get enough of it. I love it. I love it. I sing it around the house now. <laughs> well, just that part of it, like uh, <laughs> I, I, can, yeah. I can only sing certain portions of songs. And that's when because it's it's this part that goes like money. Or love, doo, doo, doo. It's, it's in my head all the time now. Money or love is is on that. Modern, like the way modern woman is, you know, just in my head where it's just, you know, off money and love. What are you going to do? But I get that. I get people don't care. Sure. I mean, look, Cata Deval, Catalina, she said that uh, she doesn't think this belongs on the Hidden Gems playlist, which, by the way, is the playlist that only she can see. Uh, Isn't that weird? (laughs) If anyone knows how to fix Spotify, let Dave know. Ask Steve Hickman if he can find it. The Hidden Gems, Billy Joel, it is a hidden gems list. If, If you can find it in another country, then maybe I can figure out why there's a problem. I must Seriously. have something checked. If Steve Hickman can figure it out, right? He lives somewhere else, right? Yeah, he's in the UK. So yeah. All right. If Steve, you, can you find have homework. <laughs> oh, and then on the uh, Instagram post for Money or Love, we've used a photo from the inside cover of Glass Houses, which had a picture of all the band members, but not Billy. And Morley Scott said that because of that album, that because of that photo where Liberty DeVito has his watch on his ankle. Morley started wearing his watch on his ankle in school, and after three days, he lost it. Yeah, what? what uh, wow, that's hilarious. I could see totally doing that too. But why? Why would he have his? Well, see, this guy, all he wants to do is be noticed. He's like, oh, let's do something crazy. This guy was a troublemaker. You can see he's a troublemaker. Why would he have his watch on his ankle? You know, he flew away. Oh, I'm going to get photographed. I'm going to put. I'm going to do something crazy. How many kids lost their watches because of Liberty Devito being irresponsible? Yeah, he's so starved for attention. Jesus. Well, no, Glass Houses should have said parental advisory. This guy's wearing his watch on his ankle, and maybe your kid's going to be stupid and do the same thing. <laughs> the next song we did was Moving Out. Do you guys remember Moving Out? I think that I think the people have spoken and they like it. People like <laughs> it. Now, we said you said that the musical was bad. I guess we both haven't seen it. You just assumed it was bad. Well, I, I had no desire... I like Billy Joel and I had no desire to see that movie. And I told you why mostly because, and I think this is before the green day musical, but these kind of musicals are awful. Yeah. Well, Italian Stallion now disagrees. He saw it in Florida. So not even the Broadway version. He saw it in Tampa and he said it didn't suck. It made him cry. Hmm. Well, everything makes me cry. I'm sure it would make me cry. I am. I get very emotional at those kind of things. I could watch. uh, I've seen facts of life episodes where I'm sitting there bawling, but uh, you know, it's still, it's just, it's just, you know, you know what I'm saying. It, like I told you, with Green Day, you're sitting there and it's just not the right people singing the songs. It's not right. Yeah, you're right. But Billy Joel did find some of his current bandmates from the Moving Out production. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. So Greg Baff had a, speaking of people crying, Greg Baff has a, an emotional connection to Moving Out because he said one of his favorite moments of his grandfather who used to work and live in lower Manhattan is that his grandfather loved whenever the song would come on the radio and he loved that line about Sullivan Street because maybe that was like near the location. Just like you. Just like me. Gira Sola Sola Gira says five stars to the parody. Oh, 
which was our oh, that, was, um, that was the Mario Brothers one. Yeah, Mario's song. Yeah, that was a good one because we also uh, had the uh, like the the, the Mario Brothers uh, soundtrack to moving out kind of the what do you call it, the eight bit? Yeah, <laughs> eight bit moving out all throughout oh, the episode. That was fun. It was cool. Jesse Thomas Brown said, "Pound for pound, this is your greatest episode to date." Mm. That's good though. That our best episode is maybe the best song because if anyone's going to come listen for the first time, they might choose this one. That's and true. Mistakenly think that we're amazing. <laughs> well, you know, it's we get excited about the fun songs. That's that's the thing, you know. Although we do get excited sometimes about the conquerors, but uh, but the, yeah, that we how, how could you? We we were so excited to do that song. You know, we were. Yeah, it was definitely circled on the calendar. Yeah, I mean that's a good one all around. There's, you know, everybody loves moving out. I mean, everybody loves moving out. The, you know, nobody doesn't like moving out. I can't imagine anybody that would listen to this podcast would be like, yeah, you know, I'm tepid about it. No, that's the one. I, I think I said that when we were there. Like, that's the one. Moving out's the one. These would be every other song we've ever done, at least so far. We were very. That was the one we'd been. I'd been waiting for. You're right. Nobody doesn't like moving out. <laughs> Plus, it was uh, Prince Spaghetti Day, so. <laughs> Anthony! <laughs> Which I mean, is also look, in the episode. We, re- we revealed who Anthony is. I mean, I dare any other Billy Joel podcast to do that. The other two that are out there. <laughs> we should get the real Anthony, the child actor uh, oh, uh, on the show. Oh, bad news. He just died. You looked it up? I swear to God, the, the child actor just died last year. Oh, man. Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, this episode is dedicated to Anthony. <laughs> the inspiration for the, one of the greatest Billy Joel songs of all time and possibly the greatest Billy Joel song, and depending on who, how you choose. That's right. Speaking of the greatest Billy Joel songs, we also did My Journey's End, <laughs> um, which no one really had too much to say about it. Gaston Spidey said, for a 14-year-old, it could have been worse. That's true. That's for sure true. I keep forgetting about that. And Owen Mefford liked the photo we posted on Instagram, which was a picture of the Lost Souls because they look very Beatlesy. Oh, yeah, that that's a great picture. Yeah, as soon as we saw that, we were like, oh, let's use that one. Yes. And finally, we did My Life. What? Remember the song My Life? How, how's it said again? My Life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Italian Stelly now said strong parody. You got that right. We were waiting on that one. Yeah. That's all anyone said about my life. No one talked about our bosom buddies thing. What? Can you How believe is that, that possible? I don't what? know. That was the greatest thing we've ever done. Unbelievable. What is the matter with you people? Now you listen to me and you listen good. That's the greatest bit we've ever done. Come on. I listened to it myself like 10 times. I really like it a lot. I, me too. Uh, I will also tell you that I did text Paul Rudd to come on this show and join us and talk about him working with Billy Joel and doing that parody. But he is apparently busy with, I don't know, movie stuff, I guess. I hope he resurfaces. He will. He always does. He always ends up getting through sooner or later, you know, but I guess he's busy, you know, with a new Ghostbusters thing or a Marvel superhero. How about this guy? Right. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Mr. Big Time. He thinks he's Joe Piscopo, 1985. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent reference. Good callback, Alon. Well done. Thank you. 
So Dave, that was the M's, but we have some really cool N songs coming up. Wait, what do we got coming up? Okay, the first one is called New York State of Mind. Huh? What is that, a hidden gem or what is it, uh, unreleased? Unreleased track. They consider it the sequel to December song. Oh, I'm familiar with Cleveland State of Mind, so. <laughs> this is a derivative work. The next song is No Man's Land off of River of Dreams. Uh, wait, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. Go on. Oh, boy. <laughs> After that is a song called Nobody Knows But Me. i never heard of that. And then the final song off of Cold Spring Harbor is an instrumental track called Nocturne. It's instrumental? How am I going to do a parody of that? Yeah, I've never heard of it before, and I, I had no idea there wasn't it. Well, that ought to be interesting. All right. We have a lot to look forward to then. So we'll see you next time on Billy Joel A to Z. So now you've heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words. This podcast ran too long. Stories, jokes, your hosts were full of silly anecdotes, and so it goes. Another show about Billy Joe.